and welcome to that podcast episode 21 i'm dave and i'm bo and um last time uh, last time out uh, having listened back to the last episode we uh, spent quite a lot of time on technical stuff last time so i was hoping this episode would probably get around to a bit more business or family type stuff uh so we'll see i've definitely got loads of stuff to talk about on that front uh but for now do we have any podcast news bo yeah, well, we have a, we have actually have a bunch of shout outs to people who who mentioned us. Uh, the first of all was Jeff Carruth, who uh, figured out uh, that um, we don't prefer this over that, and that is how we ended up with that podcast. <laughs> Which I don't know how both of us went through that whole naming and never came up with that idea ourselves. So he was quick on the ball on that. So it was pretty awesome. So th- thanks for making that observation, Jeff. Uh, we actually got. Uh, a mention in some other language and I'm not exactly sure what it was. I had to translate it and then I forgot which one it was, uh, but it was uh, Cedric Zeal and uh, they wrote that uh, the podcast were two people from the tech industry, PHP and web uh, just to have nice conversations. So I thought it was pretty cool that uh, someone was, was talking about us in a language other than English, which was pretty awesome. I don't think we've had that yet. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and my friend Josh uh, finally got around to uh, checking out another episode. I think he's he's missed a few. So he mentioned that he was finally sitting down to uh, listen to the one that we recorded with uh, Taylor Otwell. So that was pretty fun. I think we should. Get, uh, and, I think we should get Josh on the show at some point. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, and actually, he said he was firing his first Lumen app, so he he was uh, kind of in the mood for doing some Lumen and Laravel related things. So he thought he'd throw us on. So that was pretty awesome. Um. Uh, uh, one of the people I've been working with, uh, is, uh, Moshi, uh, and he said kudos for that podcast for the coverage of, uh, MXLs, uh, MXCL's negative Google HR experience. So I guess that, uh, sort of touched a chord for him. And actually that's been something that's been going on on Twitter today. Uh, uh someone I knew in Seattle tweeted something about whether or not uh, people think that the uh, big O notation is an important thing for a software engineer to know. And, course all sorts of people are coming out with different opinions on that but he's, he's been t- he's been jumping in on this conversation as well so uh, I, I guess that that must be something that's been uh on his mind or something recently so um yeah so uh, he enjoyed that uh from a couple of episodes ago um ross larson wanted us to know that there is actually a chicken pox vaccine which i didn't know about uh, it's called varicella and actually, Code Rabbi joined in as well and t- told me the same thing. I think he sent me a private message that, hey, I, 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 I've had that or my, my kids have had that. So there is a chickenpox vaccine, which I didn't know. And I don't I don't know if Luke has gotten it. <laughs> yeah, your, your kids haven't gotten it, right? Well, they've got their own vaccine now, right? Yeah, they, uh, they've got their own vaccine now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, we had two separate people uh, comment on audio issues, <laughs> uh, specifically that my, my audio was, was pretty quiet or is usually pretty quiet and that yours is a, a lot louder. Uh, and I think uh, one of the people actually uh, noticed that your voice changed quite a bit in one of the most recent episodes. And that, you had to re-record that, right? That's right. Yeah, there's a, there was a, we actually had this issue with the Taylor episode and we... Um, mm-hmm. We got somebody to clean up the audio, uh, but uh, the same thing happened again. It turns out it seems to be some sort of bug in Audacity 2.1.0, and uh, they're having trouble sort of tracking it down. They think it could be a performance issue mm. um, with buffers and whatnot. So there's a recommended setting I tweaked, and basically it affects the audio after about an hour or so. Um, so I re-recorded a lot of the last episode. Uh, this it was really strange. I uh, if I seem more coherent and uh, 
more to the point in the last episode. That's why, because uh, there was no in and and all that kind of thing. Because I could just, uh, I'd, I'd listened back to what I had said and then kind of, kind of summarize it in my head and say <laughs> it. Uh, nice, but yeah, so. Needs must. Uh, we're going to go. I think we'll have to do a sort of a pit stop during this recording to check to see if it's recording. Okay. Yeah. It's, anno- cool. it's annoying well, because the this up- update to Audacity fixed the problems I had during the editing process, but introduced problems in the recording process. So, yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, well, not nice, but it's nice it fixed some of the problems. Not nice that it introduced some new ones. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually on the uh, Meta Podcast, the PHP Meta Podcast. And a lot of the questions that Cal had for uh, the people on it, uh, some of them were around like technical problems, or not technical problems, but like problems that we've run into, uh, what our year is like, what our technical setup is like. So uh, he invited um, uh, one of the hosts from a bunch of the PHP podcasts out there. And so I, I got uh, invited for that one, uh, most likely because you were in Europe. Uh, so he figured the timing would work better for me. So, so yeah, I, I, I mentioned uh, the problem that you had there uh, because there were a lot of people who talked about their technical glitches and <laughs> running into issues and having problems and whatnot. So it was, it was kind of, uh, it's not an uncommon thing for people to have technical problems with, with recording. And we were due. <laughs> We've, it's been like a year and we, things have been pretty well for the most part, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, thank you to both, um, let's see, who, who's uh, D4 and Jenko were, were the two people that commented on that. So that was pretty awesome. And uh, uh, Lee Davis uh, mentioned that uh, he, he enjoyed the last episode of that podcast. And he said that he can uh, relate to being a, a dad and a coder. And he also has a partner named Becky. So yeah, that, that was a particular uh, interesting thing because both of our our wives <laughs> are, are have, have very similar names. So yeah, uh, there's more Bex and Becky's and whatnot. So that's I, awesome. I actually liked that. Um, that, that conversation from the start, because uh, he noticed that he was reading a book to his son. I think I believe it's his son. And he, mm-hmm. uh, he thought he recognized, a, a fi- it's actually, um, was it a fish? Yes, it was yeah, a fish. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was it. And he said he couldn't, uh, remember where he'd seen it or where he'd recognized it and then he saw the ninja girl uh lumen art uh open source software art mm-hmm. piece didn't he uh yeah that book is uh was tiddler by uh julia donald i think it's julia donaldson do you do you know it at all um i didn't recognize it now um, I, I, I i remember the thread and i saw the, the cover but i i didn't recognize the yeah. actual no we have title. that book we have a lot of their books they're really good um do you know do you know the griffalo no um, oh yeah, the Gruffalo. Yes, yes, yeah, I know so the Gruffalo. Yeah, same person, same author. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, I, I remember the picture that that uh, he posted. It, it did look almost identical, which was yeah. weird because we don't have that. But I mean, there's only so many ways you can draw an anglerfish, I suppose. That's right. But yeah. it, it was it was like wow, that was that was very very close. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was kind of fun. Um. So yeah, so, uh, that was nice that uh, he reached out for that. And yeah, so that that's all for for the shout outs. Uh, as far as upcoming podcast news, uh, we are working with uh, Symphony Live London to try to do some sort of live podcast recording slash group event. So that'll be kind of fun. I, I don't know all the details. I think we're still working that out with the, the Sensio UK people, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to be there and you're going to be there as well. So yeah, if anyone has any ideas or wants to be involved in some somehow and you happen to be at Symphony Live London, this year i think it's a uh, september september 18th or so maybe yeah something so, like that yeah 
Yeah, something like that. Um, we'll, we'll post the link. But if anyone's going to be at Symphony Live London and want to somehow be involved, definitely let us know and we'll see if we can, can figure something out. And uh, probably in the next episode or two, we'll have more details on what we're actually going to be doing. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We should speak to the three devs in a maybe, guys, because yeah. I know Ed was at the last one, wasn't he? Because we spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So they might be interested. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Get a get a group thing going on there. Yeah. So that's all there is really for for podcast stuff. Cool. Well, I mean, I wanted to talk about some uh, a couple of things really, sort of themes for what I wanted to talk about. Um, I went to touch on uh, my goals 2015, give an update on those. Mm-hmm. But the thing I, I really wanted to talk about was um, sort of um, screen time for kids. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much television, but more like computer slash device screen time. Uh, now we've uh, sort of for a long time we've sort of stayed away from the kids sort of playing with our phones and things like that. Um, we don't have a tablet anymore. We, we, we I broke my tablet and never replaced it. But um, particularly uh, with Rebecca's mums, uh, she always lets the kids play with her phone or the iPad, and they they do like it. They play with uh, Evie plays with an iPad um, at nursery, I think, every now and then. You know, like they have a particular time. And mm-hmm. uh, recently, um, Rebecca. Evie's cousins, uh, so my my nephews on Rebecca's side, um, they got uh, tablets for their birthdays. And Rebecca's sister said, "Do you do you want their old ones for uh, for your two? And they're 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 an old sort of Chinese Android thing. They're quite slow and a bit bit shaky, but they're they're okay. You know, they work. And uh, and we said yes, and uh, it instantly I kind of got thinking about the kind of sort of rules I wanted around because I don't want them to sit on play with it all day naturally. Uh, and also the sort of uh, applications that I wanted them to to play with or to, to use, I shouldn't say play all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, the first thing we did was we decided that um, we were going to do half an hour a day with their tablets. Um, so Evie's four and Rowan's two. Now, Rowan's a bit too young, really, to understand most of the stuff I mean, I, he understands a lot more than I give him credit for, but Evie particularly, uh, you know, she needs uh, sort of rules and she understands when we make rules about things. So, um, And this it started quite quite well, I think. And we sort of said uh, half an hour, sort of usually before or after tea time. So we aimed for sort of like half an hour settling down quiet to play on the uh, the tablets. And I think that's going quite well. Although the, the, the minute the uh, the tablets are in the naughty box, so uh, they haven't used them for a few days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I just wondered, do you, do you let Luke play with the computers or the tablets or the phones or anything like that? Yeah, we're we're pretty bad about it, actually. Um, do you, no, but I, when I'm you gonna... say bad, it's not about if you're bad or not. It's how do you feel like you're bad about it? <laughs> um. Well, let, let me let me rephrase. So, uh, Luke has two tablets, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know th- it wasn't like we specifically got them for him. Um, uh, over the last, I'd say, three years, I've I've acquired multiple tablets. So, um, right now, I have a. I think the most recent tablet I I bought was a iPad three. Right. Um, it was like the first one was like the new iPad or whatever it was, where it didn't have a number, but it's the iPad three. Um, so I, I bought the, I bought that, and I had managed to get the original iPad, like the very first generation, about three months out without paying for it. I like 
had some fluke thing where I had uh, a bunch of Microsoft software I hadn't opened for some reason, and someone wanted to trade unopened Microsoft software for a brand new iPad. So that's how I got my first iPad. So that is that's now, yeah. <laughs> so that is that is Luke's iPad now. It's the blue. It's the blue iPad. And hold on one second. This is actually going to become part of a story later, so maybe we could keep this recording. <laughs> um, I can't find it now. I hate Google. <laughs> I hate all aspects of Google. They keep changing things on me, and um, yeah. So what just happened is um, Hangouts tried to ring me uh, because a phone number was dialing me, and now. Uh, all of a sudden, if I have a Gmail tab open, yep, I get a Hangouts invite, and I get I get this loud ringing, and I have no idea where it's coming from because I don't expect it to come from anywhere. So, and then I can't find it. So I had I had logged out of of Hangouts from my um, Gmail, and then it logs me out of Google Plus entirely. Right, and then I can't then I can't receive Hangout notifications even if I go to Google Plus. It's ridiculous. So this is a little little rant. I'm going to try and see if I can log out now uh, so I can finish the other story so that we don't get interrupted again. And there, sign out of Hangouts, which is now maybe going to sign me out of this conversation now that I think about it. Are we still on? Still on. Yeah, <laughs> I can still hear you. Awesome. So sorry about that little interruption. We can edit this out or not. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, my, my first generation iPad... Uh, the uh, the first generation iPad that I got as an exchange, uh, we got one of those hard cases for it, and now that's Luke's iPad. Yeah. Um, at the same time, or not at the same time, but just whenever, um, my mom decided to get Luke uh, one of those um, the Leapfrog iPad. It's not oh, an yeah. iPad, but it's a Leapfrog tablet. So so he has two tablets now. He has the the Leapfrog green one that has a certain type of app on it. And then he has uh, the, the the black iPad, he calls it. So there's a green iPad and the black iPad. Um, so yeah, so he actually has two tablets that he uses um, for various purposes from time to time. Um, so that's what I mean by we're, we're bad about it in that he has access to a lot of things. Hmm. And um, he actually uses them far more than I think we would like him to. But we're also not in a place right now where we're actively forcing him Policing not to it. use it as much. Um, and a lot of that comes from, uh, traveling a lot. Like he uses it when we're driving for like two or three hours at a time, you know, oh, play yeah. with his iPad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and no, I get that completely. Yeah. So he uses his iPad. Um, and, and that's the big one really. Uh, he does use it a lot now. Uh, Beck's been doing more painting. So we're down here as a family and we don't like, she, she has to do the painting somehow. And so, Unfortunately, that means that he ends up doing a little more iPad than we would like, even at home. So it is something that we've talked about that we don't want him to do it as much as he does. But trying to get him excited about other things when when the iPad is there, it can be really hard. And um, you know, if you're if you've started out by limiting them to just thirty minutes a day, and they know that's when they play it, I think that's awesome because it can be hard to instill that after the fact if there was really no no limits like that or no rules and it you know it started gradually he wasn't always playing on it but over time you know, all of a sudden we're realizing well he's been you know 
uh, watching Octonauts on the iPad for an hour while we're down here working. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, we, well, I don't know. It's, it just sort of happens if we don't pay attention to it. And we have noticed that, you know, we, we, it, do, it does get to be excessive sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're probably no different with the TV, though, because mm-hmm. um, especially when I've got the kids during the day when I should be working, I quite often find myself, oh, well, if I can put the TV on. And they'll yeah. put, watch TV for a bit. Then I can, you know, what I usually do is I put my laptop in the kitchen, you know, on the on the counter. So mm. I'm I'm in the room next to them, so I'm not directly in the room. Because if I'm directly in the room with my laptop, they usually come over and Roman wants to watch things on YouTube. And mm-hmm. um, so I mean, I'm as guilty as that. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and the other thing is with the tablets that we've been trying to instill in them is to, to try to get it into their heads that these things have quite a lot of value, you know. If they were to break yeah. a phone, that's you know going to run us up a hundred hundreds of pounds to replace, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of nice in a way that they've got these you know these tablets are probably you probably couldn't sell them on eBay because they're probably you know they're, they're quite old, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know we can keep telling them about that they are valuable and things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's going quite well, and uh, we I will be loading them up with videos for because we go on holiday next week and we're driving to Paris, so. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're going to do lots of driving. Um, we're going to be in a hotel with a limited amount of toys and other entertainment as well on the evening. So that time before bed, we'll be reading books and things. But even so, they'll probably want to do some TV watching of some kind. So they'll be yeah. doing a lot more of it over the next week or so. One of the things that uh, I kind of gotten Luke in a bad habit on, or a good habit, um, Starbucks actually has a... Um, free app of the week. You get the little cards if you go to a Starbucks. Mm. Uh, I don't, I'm sure other uh, places do this as well. But every week they on Tuesday they release a new one. So um, I would start going over to Starbucks because this was Starbucks in one of the the places that we shop all the time. And uh, I would just go see every every week, you know, what the new thing was. And I'd usually get them just, you know, it's a free app. <laughs> mm. And and usually they've been pretty good. And we've actually got some really interesting things. But he's he's at the point now where he'll go look for the the, the app card to bring it home for me because he knows the daddy likes those. And right. then he wants to play the game or, you know, hear the song or whatever. Uh, the most recent one was uh, they gave away a free Spider-Man episode, like a Spider-Man cartoon. So cool. uh, we were just watching that the other day for the first time. Uh, yeah, it's partially, you know, it's it's kind of to hook you, <laughs> get you hooked on on something, and then you want to buy buy the next thing, especially when it's uh, songs or um, movies or, or not movies, but like shows. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So it was like episode two of Spider Man, and it had a cliffhanger ending. <laughs> so you know, you don't know how it's going to end. It's like, all right, well, that was a fun free thing. We're not going to yeah. get the next one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, he's he knows a lot about how these things work, and um, he does he does actually end up playing a lot of games. Because I had I had a bunch of games on there, and every once in a while we get games. Some of the games are better than others, yeah, for for kids. But he's been like whatever he plays, he seems to figure it out pretty well, and he kind of gets the understanding of what's going on. And I don't know, kids just pick this stuff up so well. Definitely, I, it's yeah, kind of amazing. Well, that's another thing I wanted to sort of mention was um. So in terms of parental control, that was another thing I thought thought about first first or straight away. And on and- Android, there's a thing called AppLock. Uh, well, it's an app mm-hmm. called AppLock, and it basically allows you to select um, which applications can be run without having to enter a PIN code. Mm-hmm. So things mm-hmm. like they can't fiddle with the settings 
They can't go into my Gmail because this is an old version of Android that doesn't have the ability to sort of add a, a sub-user, if you know what I mean. So Yeah. Uh, they're essentially logged into my Google account on the tablet, so you know, I don't really want them... I mean, Rowan kind of mashes the screen quite often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't want them going to certain apps. I obviously made mm. sure my Google Play account is locked, so it requires a password, so they can't just buy anything, because a lot of the games have in-app purchases, don't they? they yeah, those they, are just they awful. They try to screw you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of what they actually... Um, oh, turning off sync as well, you know, so it's not cons- backing up. Evie's taken about 5,000 photos, and don't want those backing <laughs> up to my Google account and things. Yeah. In terms of uh, what they're playing, Rowan tends to watch the same video on YouTube for, for his 30-minute allotment over and over again, and it's usually a trailer of some description, so he watches maybe a three-minute YouTube video ten times. Um, <laughs> it's usually the trailer for Inside Out or uh, the trailer for Battlefront 3, the Star Wars uh, Oh yeah, the upcoming Star Wars game, which is going to be mm. awesome, by the way. I may buy an Xbox for that, because Rowan seems really <laughs> keen on watching it, so I could probably play... And Rowan just watched like it's a TV show, so that'd be nice. <laughs> nice. Um, Evie's been playing Dragon Box a lot. Um, now, I installed Dragon Box because it's the the only educational app I know by name. And the reason I know it is because uh, Jason from Texing uh, has talked about it quite a few times. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, the tagline for the it's the app is uh, the game that secretly che- teaches algebra. Um, and Evie, I can't believe I, I installed it as because it was the only thing I knew. So I didn't expect Evie to sort of pick it up and and run with it. But she she really enjoys playing it. And uh, the I've got the it's called Dragon Box Algebra Five Plus. And basically, it sort of teaches the kids uh, addition, subtraction, and multiplication. Um, imagine it's, it's like got a table on screen and there are different symbols on either side of the table and you have to isolate it starts off you initially you have to isolate a crate like a a magic box or something but as you get progress through the levels it starts to substitute the symbols with more uh maths types singles so you go from having to isolate this sort of uh, crate to having to isolate x and and so on like this. It's really good. I mean, it's nice. got lots of awards and stuff, um, but I'm amazed at how sort of quickly she picked it up. I mean, she doesn't know she's doing addition, subtraction, division. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't know she's doing it, but she is. You can see it when, when she's solving the puzzles. And, yeah. uh, and she enjoys playing it, so it's really cool. I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to get it now. <laughs> seriously, it's really... I, I, I'd never heard of it, so... You should check it out, and it's quite good fun. I mean, I'd quite happily sit and play w- with Evie, you know, and it, it is good fun. I mean, so so you imagine um, you've got these symbols on either side of the table, so you're trying to balance the equation effectively, and um, so to negate something at the beginning, you have they're all little pictures, so little uh, like avatars, and there are daytime ones and nighttime avatars. So a nighttime one negates a, a daytime one. So mm-hmm. if you drop a nighttime fish onto a daytime fish, it disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, you see that gets replaced with a, a, a some sort of alpha character and a negative alpha character uh, and things like that. And it's, it's just cool. Uh, I'd, cool. I'd highly recommend it. 
Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds sounds like a lot of fun. We like to find things for him that are challenging that he can still do by himself. Uh, some of the some of the games that we've found that are more like puzzles, um, they get so hard so fast. And mm. like the first few are really easy, and he can do those. And then he he can only do them for so long before he runs into ones he can't can't really can't solve anymore. Yeah. Well, Evie probably would find that. Uh, one thing we 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 kind of stumbled upon really is uh, there are different sort of avatars for your character, so you get to put your name in, and, and Evie likes playing as a different character every time. So as far as level progression goes, she's actually she kind of like split her level progression over four different profiles, if you like. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean, I think if I encouraged her to, she'd probably go back and practice the level she's already done anyway, because that's what she needs to do. You know, you need to keep you can't just keep going progressing you need to constantly reiterate what you've done and what you've learned um so it's actually quite nice that she logs into a different profile every time almost (laughs) redoes a lot of levels so it's kind of cool yeah on that um somewhat related uh we kind of stalled out on our french learning with duolingo and that's exactly what happened to me i don't know if that's exactly what happened to beck but i kept pushing forward so hard that I got to the point where the entire system was polluted with stuff I didn't understand anymore. Yeah. Like the, the words and I, like, I just kind of like guessed my way through too many of, yeah. of the really harder ones. And then those same words and concepts kind of filtered down through the rest of the system. So even when I went back to like try and relearn some of the, the other stuff, I was still getting a bunch of stuff wrong because of that. So, so it is kind of nice just to start from scratch sometimes and, and not worry about, you know, having to deal with the, the complicated stuff. Yeah. And, and just play with the complicated stuff. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's available on Android and uh, iPhone. Uh, it'll run mm-hmm. you a few books, I think, but uh, definitely worth it. Their website is not very good. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I I mean I I'm totally shocked. I I'm I'm used to um, things like basically saying get this on Android, get this on iTunes, and I didn't see any buttons <laughs> that looked like that, and they have them hidden. Uh, you have to click get dragon box and then when you do they have this little thing that comes up that shows where it's all located um which which uh so. are you on the dragon box website itself or are you on the yeah the my dragonboxapp.com uh, right yeah they have i mean i don't know why they have that marketing site as well um mm-hmm. because the the company behind its site is much better i think hmm it's it's right yeah, there on the front. Get it on the App Store. Get it on the, available on the App Store. If you see what I mean. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's 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 three packs, three apps. Because there's a five plus for five year olds onwards, and there's a twelve plus, uh, and then there's another one. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, and brings a little bit a little more tech into it is critiquing websites and call yeah, to actions of, and whatnot. Course, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cool. So yeah, I, at first, I, I thought maybe it was just an Android app because I, I just didn't know. So I, and I couldn't find it. I didn't know if it was iOS or not. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> well, that was it. That was all I've got on the uh, the screen time thing. Uh, I should report back on how Evie lends with uh, the Dragon Box and see how she gets on because yeah. it's a nice case study. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned photos, and you said that she's taken thousands of photos. Yeah, she. Um, um, she just sits there hitting the button. She doesn't really care what she's pointing at. She just likes the thought of taking photos. Oh. So Luke's actually doing the same thing. 
but we're convinced that he's intentionally taking things on purpose. Like, is he, he's not just clicking the button to 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 make it make a noise. Like, he he's at the point now where he's actually coming up to us and saying, "Can I have your phone?" Yeah. specifically to take a picture of something and we'll say why do you want our phone he's like i want to take a picture uh, so he has uh he has a little camera that um my mom and dad gave him last year not not last year like when he was two <laughs> which is like i says two years ago way too young and uh that that camera ended up in the naughty box for like a year and a half <laughs> because he he dropped it or threw it at one point and it and it didn't really shatter but it it's a, it was a really inexpensive camera it wasn't well built anyway but like the front cover flew off of it and right. it was supposed to come off anyway because that's where the battery comes out but still we're like okay we're gonna put it up and then we just never brought it back down again but we, we found it recently and gave it to him because he's been so into wanting to take pictures and um i don't know it's, it's been really interesting to see him kind of take take mm. onto that so i didn't know if if she was doing the same sort of thing or if it's just random taking pictures because well, it's a clicky noise or no i mean she's i mean um she 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 sees things that she wants to take a photo of but she has no concept of um once you've taken these photos if you wanted to do something meaningful with them you'd have to you know uh copy them to a pc uh mm-hmm. browse through them to find the one that you that's really good and get it printed mm-hmm. you know so she'll she wants to take she, she might say see something and, and say you know I want to take a photo of that. But then she goes over mm. and takes 30 shots of the same thing <laughs> from three, from, you know, five inches away, if you see what I mean. There's no, yep. she's not really got any concept. Of, I don't know if she's only four, um, but I mean, she's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say is she's taken thousands of photos of things, but usually there's, you know, 20 to 30 of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So, yeah. She, she has a, a camera as well, actually, which, um, I actually fixed yesterday. Um, it's like a, it's like a kid's digital camera. It's like got these big handles and it's like f- rubbery, uh, and it's yeah. a whole like three megapixels or something. Um, and she does the same with that. Basically, she likes taking photos, but there's just so many of there's like one good one in thirty or forty of her feet, and mm. she's walking around taking photos, or when she's <laughs> switched onto video mode by accident and walked around taking a video of things. Yeah. So. But sometimes that could be quite funny as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Luke actually fixed something on his own the other day. Um, oh, cool. We had a uh, that little. Oh, you know, actually, I think it was on Big Bang Theory. Maybe um, at, at one point, one of the characters got a. a one of the uh, steam spin Thomas things where you can uh, basically you can go forward or you can turn. <laughs> and then yep. there was a special button where he would spin around. Um, and we got that a, a couple of years ago and he, he, he was playing with them recently and it wouldn't work. And we put, and they tried to put new batteries in and it didn't work. And so, um, but Luke had, was convinced that there, there was like some like, battery gunk <laughs> you know the kind of the the crusty stuff that comes mm. on really old batteries eventually um which is basically acid right so yeah, <laughs> acid, yeah. and uh so he, he he was convinced that that we needed to clean the connectors a little bit more so he he went and got the um screwdriver and opened it up and basically scrubbed like i don't know how he did it and i wasn't there for it beck told me about it later so I don't know how he did it, but he basically kind of rubbed off all of the battery acid, probably with his fingers. 
<laughs> and then um, put put the batteries back in, and it started working again. And he was so excited that he fixed it. And I think that's the first time he's actually done something like that that involved mechanical fixing of things. Uh, it, yeah, so it was pretty fun to see. Now he's playing with Thomas all the time again. He hadn't done it in like you know a year since the last time we used it, but that was kind of fun. Yeah, new favorite toy now is a uh, now he's fixed it himself. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, Luke right now is at soccer. Yeah. Um, or as, as, as you call it, football. That's right. And, yeah. uh, I haven't been able to go to it yet. Um, uh, Monday was the first day and it's going to last all week. So I'm going to go on the last day. I think there's going to be like a picnic and all sorts of things. So, uh, so that's what he's doing now. He's been pretty, pretty excited about that. He's been doing awesome as far as I can tell from the pictures and the stories that he's telling, the story that Beck's telling me. Uh, she's, she's been there for the most part for all of them so far. And so if she, we could drop him off and leave him, but we can also they can also stay there. So she's kind of done a mixture of both at this point. Yeah, but yeah, so he's having a blast with that. Have your kids done anything with that? Well, yeah. So Rowan started football this week. Um, mm. um, it's a it's a Saturday morning here, so Evie couldn't because it clashes with her dance class, which she's been doing for mm. some time now. Um, Rowan, so Rowan went to his, but we're going to try and get Evie in at least for the summer because her dance class finishes, it runs term time with the school, so she should be free to get in or go to a different class at a different time or something. But uh, mm-hmm. so Rowan went to his first session. It's the first time he's ever done anything. Uh, so this is a two to three year old group, and um, Rowan's, I mean, Rowan was two in April, so he's, he's only two two years and what, four months. Mm-hmm. No, not even that yet. And, uh, he he did really well. You can tell uh, he's used to something from nursery. So when the coach said, you know, come over here and sit down in a corner, Rowan was straight over there, sat down like a really good boy. Uh, he wanted me to be with him most times. So the two to three year olds group is a parent led thing. Like they expect you to be there to supervise and stuff. In the next group up, you're expected, you know, the kids are to go off on their own. And you can still watch, I think, because it's, you know, it's outside a, a football pitch. But, uh, you know, they, they don't expect you to be involved as such, whereas in the two to three-year-olds, you are expected to be involved and to help move the session along. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted me to be there most of the time, but um, a couple of times he sort of did something, like they did something as a group and he did it, he ran off, and he'd get maybe 20 yards away, then realize that I wasn't next to him, and he'd come running back and get me. And uh, But he did really well, and re- I was really proud of him. Um, and he's going to cool. enjoy it. He's booked in for the full summer, so he goes only once a week on a Saturday morning. But um, if he's still enjoying it, we'll keep him enrolled, and he'll go keep going through it for well for until he's old enough to join a team or something, which probably won't happen for a few years yet. Yeah, uh, but it's a uh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's just on that. Yes. Um, I mentioned Evie's dance class. She had her first dance performance uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, she did really well in it. Um, it's it's crazy, really, because it's a whole dance academy does a show. So the show lasts about two and a half hours, but Evie's class is only on literally for about four minutes. So um, <laughs> so she's there all afternoon. Uh, so we had to go one week. We had to go drop her off for a, dan- a dress rehearsal. So she was there all afternoon. And then the next weekend, she was there all afternoon on Saturday and Sunday. And she did really well. We went to the, the show and it was she did great. Uh, it was a little bit boring having to sit through everything just really when i really wanted to see my little girl for mm. her five minutes yeah. of fame but it was cool uh so yeah that's awesome cool yeah so uh this uh soccer is actually the second thing luke's done this year or, or this summer 
uh, we also had him enrolled in uh, swimming lessons, mm. and that was pretty fun. Uh, he is just under the age to be able to do the next level of swimming lessons, which is, I think, more what we were hoping for, to actually learn more swimming things and pool safety and whatnot. Um, there was a lot of singing and dancing <laughs> right? And, and, and running to catch the duckies in, in the pool. And it was interesting because we, we looked and we're like, well, he's done this class now. Can you go to the next one? And uh, the, the, the instructions anyway online were pretty clear that, yeah, if you're, if you're, your, your kid must be five, no exceptions. Oh, really? And, uh, we, we recommend that you uh, retake the same class again as you need to. So we're like, oh, okay. Hmm. So um, that was kind of uh, a little bit of a disappointment, but we're also going to be gone a lot this summer. So yeah. we weren't sure that we, we would really be able to sign up for another one anyway. Is um, that is that just for that particular place or is, it, or is that sort of a general sort of consensus um it, it's possible that other there would have been other pools that would have done it but that was that pool and we picked mm. that pool because it was convenient and convenient, close and yeah the, the right price so um and then when i you know i told back i was like well we could maybe look for another pool or we could look for another class and sh- and that's what she said you know we're going to be gone so much i don't know if it would yeah. really make sense like we, we had a short period of time where it would have made sense to do so um, and we only would have had like a, a week or two before soccer started. And so we're like, ah, we'll, we'll be fine. But I, I was hoping that we'd be able to get him into the next class to try to do that. But, you know, hmm. it's also stuff that we can try and work with him as well. Yeah, definitely. Have, have your kids, have your kids done swimming lessons of any sort? Yeah. Evie's been doing them for, uh, well, about a year now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. so she's still in what's called the preschool class, but they do a lot of proper swimming. I mean, she's swimming with her head under the water now and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes up to grade one, uh, what they call grade one, from because she starts school in September. So, and mm-hmm. uh, so she's starting that in a week or two. Um, so she's doing, in terms of the actual strokes and stuff, she does front crawl, she goes backstroke. Um, wow. And yeah, I mean, they they came on really well. It's the the I mean, the place is just a public pool, you know, it's a council run thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did try and get her into some of the. Um, some more private schools, but they're even the public schools are uh, there's waiting lists and things to get the kids onto the courses. So, uh, mm. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily been our first choice, but it's been pretty good. It's been two of the sessions have been a bit up and down. So some weeks you'd go, and um, so the rule is uh, up to six children per instructor at that age limit. Uh, and once you get six kids to one instructor at, at their sort of age level. There's a lot of sort of like splashing around and playing while the instructor's dealing with one kid. and But then some weeks we'd go and there was only three or four kids and that seemed really manageable. And, you know, she seemed to get a lot of instruction in her half an hour session because that's it. It's only half an hour as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's doing really well. I mean, to be fair, the I was really proud. I mean, I don't know how much she was just the instructor was just saying this because uh, I imagine they do. But she she asked us if when we booked her in for the next class, the grade one class, if we could book her in for the Thursday because she'd like to personally she teaches on the Thursdays and she'd like to mm. teach Evie. So that was nice. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. she's probably I don't know if it's because she's a good swimmer. It's probably just because she's well behaved uh, rather than <laughs> rather than anything else. You know, easy yeah. life. Uh, nice. Yeah, and Rowan Rowan loves swimming. He's, uh, we we occasionally go the four of us because it's really hard for him to watch Evie on a Wednesday because 
you know, he has to, Rebecca takes him most of the time to let me work. Uh, so he gets quite frustrated about that. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's so confident. Uh, he's no, he's not shy of the water at all. He climbs up the steps and jumps in. He has his armbands on. So he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's neutral buoyancy really. You know? yeah. And, uh, and he kind of runs in the water everywhere. Once you get, once I can, uh, it's almost like the, the armbands are almost a little bit of a hindrance because they keep you almost vertical. Do you see what mm-hmm. I mean? You, you know what I mean yeah. by armbands, right? You, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but once he once he gets a bit more uh, horizontal, I think he'll be off as a little swimmer. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Nice. So, speaking of swimming, it's not re- not totally related, but I wanted to touch on uh, health and fitness because. I've been on a drive again. Um, I originally set out for 2015 to lose 20 pounds, and I lost 10 in January, which is really cool. Uh, but then I went off the boil a bit, and I'll probably put two back on. Uh, but I've started up again, and I went hell for leather for the first maybe 10 days, and I lost four pounds during that time. Um, but then uh, work, uh, all sorts of things got in the way and made it difficult. And I slipped back and put another two back on, I think, uh, and just got totally out mm. of the routine. So then I started up again um, with a slightly less vigorous sort of routine in terms of I still kept up the exercise, but I had went for a slightly less extreme calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. And it's been going good. So I've lost uh, six pounds since I started again. So that brings it to a total of wow. 14 pounds for the year. Um, wow congrats yeah I'm feeling good about it um, I've got the shopping and the sort of like what I'm going to be eating for the day nailed on um, even to the point where I've sort of adjusted the sort of macro balance so uh, when I first started out I was probably eating too much protein uh, and I've changed that a bit now so I'm taking on a bit more fat so to give me a little bit more energy so I'm not so tired all the time and mm-hmm. It's going quite well. Um, Exercise-wise, doing a lot on the exercise bike. Uh, I've mentioned to you before. I watch Miami Vice. I've been, I've nearly finished season one now. Uh, been enjoying that while I'm on the exercise bike. I've also been uh, sort of haphazardly manufactured a desk for the exercise bike, <laughs> which involves a chest of drawers, a clothes horse, and some conti board. <laughs> But I can quite comfortably sort of do 40 minutes sort of light work on the bike while I do that sort of that morning uh, rigmarole of going through emails and error reports mm. and stats and logs and all that sort of junk. Mm-hmm. And it means I've got, you know, 40 minutes worth of exercise under my belt already by uh, first thing in the morning and got work done, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and I've been doing, awesome. uh, doing some resistance training as well. So bodyweight exercises, dumbbells. And uh, I don't, I'm, I don't have enough equipment to really build the muscle here, but I definitely feel a little bit better, and I feel my posture's better because I mean, as soon as I start doing things like squats and uh, deadlifts, I, f- I start to feel like my posture improves. I don't know why. I don't know if I don't know if it's just a uh, in my head or something placebo effect, but it feels yeah. that way. That's awesome, uh, man. Oh. Yeah, so I'm really chuffed. But I go on holiday oh. next week. So <laughs> I've got a week where it's going to be quite difficult uh, to stay on task, but we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah. We're actually going back to North Dakota for two weeks, next, starting next week as well. And we're, we're worried about that also, of you know trying to slip on some of the health stuff. 
and we're not doing very good at all right now health wise and it's it's been something that we've been struggling with all year but when we go back to north dakota it, it seems like it's always like three times worse than even we are left our own devices so um we're, we're trying to prepare ourselves to do better while we're there yeah um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes um i'm hoping that <laughs> it's also fair time so this is the state fair oh, so yeah. there's all sorts of horrible food and walking around and it's just it's awful like we 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 are excited to, to go back but we're also dreading it just for a lot of reasons yeah uh so well, I mean, yeah. I'm, well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm pr- pretty excited for you. It sounds like you're doing great. I'm doing great when I'm at home. It's when yeah. I'm at home working from home means I can plan out all my meals and snacks really easily, and it makes a big difference. Mm. Like today, uh, Rebecca came home from work early, so uh, we actually I took her out for lunch, and you know that makes it instantly makes it more difficult. Uh, firstly, you don't know how many calories are in the things you're eating because I've been using my fitness pal to track every calorie. And, you know, and also not on top of the, every calorie, but what goes into every calorie. Um, so you're kind of guessing. Uh, and also it's really tempting. We only went to a little cafe in the village and I had quiche and salad. So that's not too bad. A bit of pastry is probably not great for me. Uh, but then the cakes and things for pudding, I was so tempted. Um, and, but I resisted. Uh, I had espresso instead of having a latte or, and you know, and I know it doesn't make a lot of difference, but I mean, if you have three coffees a day or something with a lot of milk, you know, there's, there, there are calories there and it it makes a difference. So, so yeah, it's yeah. hard, but uh, I'm doing good so far. I've just got to keep it up for another few weeks at least. Uh, we'll see. So the next on the 2015 goals was the finance stuff. Uh, I won't go into this much, but I'm still doing okay. Not as well as I did at the beginning. But um, I've cleared nearly about 45% of the debt I started the year with. Uh, That's really cool. So I'm hoping to clear all of my debt by the end of the year. However, it looks like, realistically, when I clear all of that debt, come January in the new year, we're probably going to get a loan of some sort and buy a new car. So uh, I'll probably be back to square one. But it's going to be managed, and I know what I'm doing is working. So I know I'll be able to pay it off accordingly. I hope. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, oh, and one more thing on that. The car cost us about £1,000 this month in terms of repairs and things. And I was expecting a little bit, but it was a bit more than I thought. But thankfully, just like because of the whole budgeting thing, that I've still kept up. We're still going. still got a massive spreadsheet. Uh, we were sort of able to soak it up. Um which is cool. We probably wouldn't have been able to do that last year had it happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's cool. And what was the last thing? Uh, in terms of my 2015 goals, writing. Uh, I fired out those blog posts in January, and I've written one one since. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just calling quits on that one. That one, big, big failure. Uh-huh. Not to worry. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're really... Uh really doing well on the others so I, yeah. I think you can be a little okay with yourself on the blog posts yeah I'll, I'll live with it nice so um, what do you want to talk about oh did you want to talk about a secret project um, I don't know are we ready to talk about that well, yeah, I, I, I am I, I, I mean yeah, I know we sh- we should really put a landing page or something up 
Yeah. Really? Let's put a landing page up before we talk about it. Okay. Let's, let's actually know that landing page is up before we talk about it. Yeah, cool. Uh, otherwise, it's going to put some stress on us. You know, the next episode, when we launch this episode, we're like, oh, we got to get that landing page up first. Yeah. No, okay, so we'll, we'll do tease, that then. Yeah, we'll tease people one more episode. And hopefully next time, we'll have something uh, ready to go to share with people. I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to that. I think that's going to be awesome. Okay, cool. Um. So I guess the the big news probably is that I've kicked off starting uh, work with money. Um, as of July first, I've actually been spending at least two to three days a week working on that. So that's been that's been keeping me pretty busy, um, and it's been a interesting experience trying to do that from the U.S. But you know, it's pretty it's been pretty exciting um, working with everyone and seeing how that's going to go. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we just walked over our. Uh, lease renewal papers for our apartment here in Madison as not renewing our lease. Uh, so <laughs> that means that we are for sure going to be homeless as of September 1st uh, in the hopes that we will be eventually moving to the UK uh, sometime next year. At least that's kind of the plan right now. Um, we'll know more as time goes on, but either way, um, we're pretty sure that our our landlords wouldn't take like a six month lease as an option. So if there's a possibility that we're going to be moving in January, we pretty much have to move out now, uh, which is okay because we are going to be heading to Seattle uh, on September 8th. So we're going to be homeless for a week and then we're going to start a month and a half tour. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to be to Seattle um, and then we're going to head to the UK uh, for symphony live uh, on September 18th or so. And then we don't actually get back to uh, we don't get back to Madison until October twenty seventh. So it's going to be a long trip. So I'm going to get a go to see Symphony Live. I'm going to get a go to um, uh, Manchester uh, for PHP Northwest. I'm going to get to see you there for that too. Maybe we can can line up something with PHP Northwest for uh, that podcast sort of sort of thing as well. Um, and then I'm, I still have my, my hopes on being able to go to Forum PHP at the end of October, uh, which I think it's October 24th, right around there. So that'll be pretty cool. And there'll be all sorts of travel and visiting with people and kind of getting to know what the area is like, uh, where we'll be over in the UK. So I'll be hanging out with Oliver and the, uh, the other members of Money for a couple of days, uh, just trying to you know see what it's like, see what the office is like see what the, the, the area is like. I, I don't know anything at all about the UK except for uh, uh, Heathrow and some parts of, of downtown London where we were at before uh, last year where we hung out. Uh, other than that, I don't know anything about the UK. So we're, we're, we're excited to see what it's like to uh, travel outside uh, downtown London and just see what, what the country has to offer. So that'll be fun. Whereabouts is Money's offices again? Uh, it's in Evensham. Evensham? Evensham. Evensham. <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. It's over in the um, Coxwalds is what I think is yeah, the that's right. Yeah. He's, yeah. So yeah, well, the Coxwalds is nice. I'm actually uh, planning on going down to the Coxwalds for a little break in August. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so I'm go- I think I'm going to be speaking or doing a small talk at uh, PHP Southwest, which is a meetup group in uh, Bristol. Oh, okay. Um, nice. Cool. Uh, so um, 
I've been looking at places in the Cotswolds. There's cottages there to stay. So I found mm. one. And I need to get it booked, but it's about an hour away from Bristol. So we thought we'd go down there for a few days with the family and then uh, wander over to. I'd just wander over to Bristol for that meetup. Uh, cool. So yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, um, I, I, Chet, oh, that, I'm just looking. Sorry, I'm looking at Evesham mm. now. And there's some really nice areas around there because it's not far from the Y Valley. Um, it's probably about an hour or so away from there. That's a really nice area. It's one of those um, area of outstanding natural beauty or some. There's some sort of designation. Okay. For yeah, so that's cool. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I was also invited to speak at the Frankfurt PHP user group uh, ah, while cool. I'm over there. So we're gonna we're gonna try and figure something out probably toward the end of October. Um, so to that that can line up hopefully with my trip to Paris. So so that'll be fun. We're gonna we're gonna get to see some places. Um you were talking about your finance stuff earlier. Uh family travel to Europe is not conducive to saving money or paying off debt. Um but given that we are planning on moving to the UK anyway next year, we figured this would be a good chance for us to actually sort of see what we're in for. Uh so that we don't just show up January 1st or whenever it happens to be be like we're here <laughs> yeah no I think that's a good idea yeah so uh, and you know since we're moving out September 1st it made a lot of sense to just extend that as long as we needed to because whether we're staying uh, with friends and family in the UK or staying with friends and family in the states here it's it's all the same so uh, it's going to be a good good use of our our time to sort of see see what it's like so i'm I'm hoping we'll run into you and your family at least once while we're there yeah definitely we'll Um, sort something out yeah yeah um i know i'll see you both in london and in in manchester but hopefully we'll we'll be able to work a a family trip in maybe we'll even get to come visit your your house sometime take take the train or whatever Yeah. yeah yeah so that'll be fun so so that's been that's been taking a lot of my time um i actually got a chance to um we're probably going to do some cqrs stuff with uh money and it's not a, not a super easy thing to just grasp if you've never done anything like that so i actually had a chance to give my um event sourcing and cqrs talk today with the money team so i did my first uh remote teaching thing uh which was pretty fun so they're 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 a cool bunch of people uh, i'm enjoying working with them so far we're we're coming up with a lot of fun things um i've been looking at kind of filling out the the technology stack for some of our services like uh trying to find like a uh i know you're a fan of jenkins uh but i've been trying to find some uh hosted solutions like that and my my first thought was to go with travis uh just because i know travis but travis is expensive um have you Mm, looked at pricing on that no yeah if you want to do private repositories it's like 120 dollars yeah and um, I just figured that things were going to be difficult to to come in lower than that. But there's a lot of solutions since I since I started looking around. Um, I've actually I've been working with uh, uh, Moshi, and they're using Worker W E R C K E R, and that looks like it's pretty nice and it's completely free. Um, and it actually has some really interesting ideas of like build stages and things like that, where you can fail a build at specific stages. Uh, a lot of interesting deployment options. Um, and Circle CI was one that I know some people have been using. Um, and both uh, that one's cheaper than Travis, but still not not free. Uh, but then I started um, working with Shippable is the one I actually landed on. And that was uh, recommended to me by Alexander. Uh, uh, said that that's what they were using at uh, Candidate. 
uh, back when he was there. So he, he mentioned try and shippable. So I've, I've been working with that. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, they, they don't have a Slack notifier, but they, like, it's not integrated into it directly, but they had a little Python script. So I actually did a little Python coding recently to, to hack that so that it worked a little better. So yeah, it's been, it's been kind of fun looking at these things and trying to bring them online and getting everybody used to it. Um, we want to make sure and have, uh, a good continuous delivery, continuous integration thing set up basically from day one, uh, so that we don't get ourselves caught in a thing where, you know, six months in, we're like, Hey, you know, we should start to do testing. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you, you, you already start with a, a system that doesn't do a lot of testing. So, um, and I've been uh, introducing them to some of the scenario testing that, um, uh, similar to what Broadway has set up and just kind of showing how those things work. And, um, so they, most of the team hasn't had that kind of experience in the past of building like a testing, any sort of testing infrastructure or even running tests really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we, we've, we've got some work to do, but they're all excited about it and they think it's going to be a good idea. So I'm, I'm cool. pretty excited and I'm actually at a point where I wish I had more time to put on it. Um, but I still have uh, a bunch of other commitments and not a bunch, but, but two other big commitments that I've been spending a lot of time on and, uh, balance has been a little difficult for me for the last, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks as that's been wrapping up and trying to make sure that everything gets done and nothing falls behind so far, I've been, I, I think I'm staying on top of it, uh, but it's definitely been a challenge. A uh, lot, a lot of late nights. I think <laughs> I, I've greeted, I've greeted you on IRC at four in the morning a few times now. When, when you come into work, I'm, I'm still up, uh, which, which is always fun. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm much to report in terms of work. Um, but one, uh, one interesting thing or something I'm excited about is, uh, the first cut of our first uh, TV advert or uh, commercial, I think, as you you know them, uh, as uh, as well as how it's on it's on YouTube now. I think uh, my my boss put it on YouTube, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the national television here in the UK uh, sometime in August. Um, I'm nice. interested for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, the, the the business gains, you know, the commercial aspects of, but also uh, I'm really interested in sort of brand awareness, and, and not even just generally sort of uh, throughout the you know, the TV watching nation, but more so just friends and family who probably have asked me what I did in the past and I've told them, but they kind of like, you know, went in one ear out of the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, I think if you put, put something on that, that magic box on the, uh, on the wall or in the corner of the room, uh, people stand up and notice a little bit more, you know, and mm-hmm. to see our advert, we've got a, a, a fairly high profile celebrity or TV celebrity, at least in the UK, uh, doing the voiceover work for it. Uh, the advert looks really nice. I think it, the, the polish and the, the presentation looks great. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch the sort of statistics and all the monitoring we'll be doing because uh, we have a company doing the buying and the scheduling for us. So, they're, they're going to be, we've plugged them into some our tracking software. So, they're going to be watching to see what happens when the adverts go out, how it affects things. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be trying things in different channels, different times, different, you know, different programs, I guess, uh, all kinds of things. So uh, I'm excited about that. It's going to be cool. Cool. Yeah. And I, I, I checked out the video and it looks really good. Like I, I thought that the, the direction that they went with it was pretty fun. Yeah. So we, we should definitely post a link to that so people can take a look. I will do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's um, it, really. I, uh, nothing else to report work-wise. Uh, nothing interesting, anyway. Yeah. 
So uh, one of the things we talked about wanting to discuss on a previous episode that we didn't get to, um, going back to Circle CI, was um, they had a great post about Docker being the future. <laughs> and uh, I don't really want to touch Docker after reading it. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. You've actually used it, so I don't know how much of that's actually important. Uh, but yeah, it, they. I thought that was an excellent presentation of it's kind of that technology stack. It sort of reminded me of the really complex JavaScript stacks that you could build where mm. layer upon layer upon layer of thing to end up with you know, JavaScript. <laughs> you know, why do we need all of this just to do that? And you know, I just wanted one one Heroku worker. <laughs> That's all I needed. Yeah. Um, did you uh did you read the follow-up post though? Um I didn't know there was a follow-up post, no. Uh yeah, there's a follow-up post and it's called But It Really Is the Future. But it really they, is the future. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nice. they're they're massive proponents of Docker. You know, they mm-hmm. use it. They've been using it in production for a long time, and yeah, they they kind of followed up that post that was satirical with mm-hmm. you know the real deal of you know. Basically, what they what they are saying is you know this isn't for don't use this for you know your grandma's blog or mm-hmm. you know your grandma's handmade jewelry, right. e-commerce site. You know, they're using mm-hmm. it for massive infrastructure type things, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it is complicated. This stuff. I mean, God, if if we could just get first class Docker on macOS, that'd be a good start, anyway. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Boot to Docker is okay, but it's confusing and annoying. Uh, even just like having to fiddle about with a few few. Of my, I haven't come up with a decent way on in our project at least. So we we're just using Docker for the development environment. So rather than having either separate VMs or one VM running Redis, Beanstalk, uh, some web server, and PHP uh, and MySQL, uh, we just we we have Docker containers running those services individually, mm-hmm. uh, and it works great. Definitely on Linux, it's amazing on Linux because it up and down is snap of your fingers, and that's great. And I don't have to mess about with Vagrant. I don't have to mess about with VirtualBox and its never-ending annoyances. And but boot to Docker is just not quite there. It's kind of convenient, but it's not great. Um, so imagine. Uh, I mean, basically, the most simple thing is when I start a, a Redis container on my Linux box, I quite often map it to a port on local host. So I could say. Um, in when you in the Docker run command, you'd say map port ten thousand on localhost to whatever the Redis port is. One, mm-hmm. one, what is it? Six three one zero or something like that. Yeah, I don't that. remember. Yeah, whatever the Redis port is on the container, and that's great. I can connect to localhost ten thousand and get Redis. Mm-hmm. Of course, with boot to Docker, because boot to Docker runs a, a Linux virtual machine on your Mac OS instance, you're not mapping. To you're not mapping to port ten thousand on your local host. You're mapping to port ten thousand on the Linux virtual machine. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you did want to say connect to Redis from your terminal on your the host OS, you'd have to go to the uh, IP of the uh, virtual machine. So things like config files. If you wanted to do anything like that with config files, you have to have a separate config, a different config file for development on macOS that you would have on Linux, which just seems silly, really. 
Yeah. When when we're used to this kind of vagrant up, and that is your dev environment set up and ready, it's annoying having to fiddle with things like that. Or in my opinion, it is anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But otherwise, for that for that kind of thing, I think Docker's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, for testing things out, I think it's great. Um, you know, switching between MySQL versions for me for our app is amazing because it's you know I can run three versions of MySQL quite quickly and easily. Um, but yeah, once you do get into that sort of deployments, complicated in my opinion. Uh, that's not really a solved thing. Uh, yeah. Just the whole push and pull or uh, is confusing, I think. Uh, and then once you get into that whole sort of cluster thing and service discovery and things like that, I really don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I know I know of some of the tools like uh, I know the names, but I don't know anything about them. You know, do you see what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm I'm not really that interested at the minute. It's mm-hmm. it's it's doing what it needs to do for for me, and that's as far as I'll take it. I think. Yeah, I know that um, some of the uh, I think Circle CI must be doing this as well. Uh, I didn't didn't research that that much, but that, that was one of the big things that Shippable was talking about. Was it it had it had a whole section of stuff just specifically for deploying Docker containers in certain configurations. Um, and I, I don't know if Circle CI does that or if they like talk about that as much in the marketing. Um, but some I've seen a bunch of the systems that talk just about setting up these containers now and managing them and things like that. So I don't know. I, I imagine that's something I'll have to look at eventually. Uh, it'll probably make sense too. But for right now, my my experience has basically just been boot to Docker, and it's not very good, like you said. I've it works a little bit, uh, but not enough for me to kind of sit down and really figure out how to how to make it all work mm. well if you do want to spend some time with it i mean i don't i don't mind you know mm-hmm. we could always uh, drop on to uh hangouts for half an hour and something and i'm happy to talk you through what i know at least and we maybe we'll discover some things along the way yeah yeah i mean so uh most recently i was thinking uh the best use case i had for it was maybe if someone had a uh get event store docker image so that kind of got me thinking about docker uh recently like can I set that up? Because uh, that would be a great way to try fire up a service. Because that's the biggest thing right now for me to not trying Event Store locally. Because I don't want to try and figure out the mono runtime under Mac OS <laughs> or under yeah, under definitely. a vagrant box. I just I don't want I can't be bothered to do that right now. So uh, I'm I'm interested in it, but not enough to. Anytime I do one of these things, it ends up taking three hours just to get the thing running. I mean, yeah. I, or not every time, but there's like a 50-50 chance that something is going to happen that's going to cause a problem. Uh, the, the two uh, developers for money that are in the UK, uh, they both had brand new Windows laptops, and uh, we tried to get Homestead running on them, and one of them worked, one of them didn't. <laughs> one of them literally required reformatting the hard drive, completely reinstalling everything from the original image, following the install steps again, and then it worked. Like that, you we could not get to the host network, uh, the guests network in any way. You could you could vagrant mm. SSH, but none of the other ports would work. Like none of the none of the ports would work by the IP address. It was like it was getting the wrong IP address. So it it really seems like anytime you want to install anything of any complicated level, there's a huge chance that it's just not going to work, and you have to start over again. So I I don't know. I'd, it would be nice to talk about it sometime and just kind of walk through like your workflow anyway and see see how it works. 
because uh, I think that would be good. Sure. Um, there was a actually I want to see how long ago this post was was put out. Uh, did you know anything about Locad CQRS? I've I've browsed it previously and yeah, I want to it's see. It's a it's an example by um, was it was it Udi or Udi? Um, no. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is about me. Like I can't remember which person it was. Uh, Renat Abdulin. Oh, uh, Renat. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to see when this was posted. Um, June 16th. Um, and, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that post then. Yeah. So it's a retrospective, and um, <laughs> just the, just the the note at the top um, <laughs> uh, says uh, this article requires some previous painful experience with Locat CQRS. It wouldn't make sense to you otherwise, which would be a good thing. Um, and basically, the, what I can get from this is that this, uh, I think it actually, he says someone here, I, I, I think basically, um, I'm sorry for doing this to you. <laughs> I'm sorry that I ever <laughs> released this to anybody. And I thought it was, it was interesting seeing uh, this whole thing, especially with all the work I've been doing with Broadway recently. And, you know, considering building something in-house versus using um, something like Broadway that already exists. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting, interesting take on it and kind of the, the problems that were had and the problems that were introduced by using something like this that sort of enforced things on a system that wouldn't need to be there otherwise. So it's one, it's one of those articles that I'm, especially now um, that I'm firing up this project with, with money, I need to like reread this again and make sure that I'm not taking certain things for granted and not cons really considering kind of how this can fail really badly or just turn out to be more painful than it needs to be. Um, but yeah, it, it was an interesting thing. So I, I haven't actually used, I haven't actually used it before but it was definitely on my list of things to try and look into so uh, so it was, it was interesting to see how that kind of fell out um, mm. so are, are you doing anything that resembles CQRS currently you're, you're doing some things with events that trigger things are you doing anything that's actually creating a model that is only used really for reads no um, I mean I've, uh, it's weird I've done that kind of thing in lots of things but never called it cqrs um mm -hmm. you know i mean i used to call them for example i'd call it a calculated column on a table um mm -hmm. which basically meant that i could query for this if i really wanted to but we'll generate it once and save it somewhere um mm -hmm. i don't do anything full-on projection style you know completely separate read models I have mm -hmm. theoretical read model and theoretical write model, but usually the same code, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have code that uses my doctrine uh, setup in a purely read fashion. There's, you know, the entity manager isn't used in at least as far as the uh, my code is concerned. My code uses repositories, gets doctrine entities, and uses them to display information. Mm -hmm. I also have code that writes stuff and uses those same doctrine entities. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah. um, in terms of, I have events, but they're usually going to be doing things like um, firing off other kinds of commands to do other things in different parts of the system uh, mm. where I don't want to couple them directly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't do anything. I do the segregation as far as I'm concerned, theoretically, but I don't do it almost physically, if you like. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I mean, it's like, um, I mean, but at the same token, for all I do use the entities, uh, the doctrine stuff for read and for displaying information, I don't hesitate to move away from it very quickly and rapidly. Um, I, I, I can't believe we still have arguments about how ORMs are slow and you shouldn't use them because <laughs> raw SQL is better. Uh, I mean, come on. Nobody uses an ORM because for raw performance, do they? Um, yeah. And as soon as something it, I require some sort of complex query, uh, I just drop into SQL, I write a simple mapper and some simple objects that are going to hold that data for me for when I want to display it, and off I go. Um mm-hmm. I'd never consider, for example, you know, we have a fairly complex search facility on our site, and to try and use Doctrine and DQL for that would be ludicrous. Uh, so in, in that sense, I definitely do have a segregated read model. Mm-hmm. It just uses the same underlying database tables, but it's definitely segregated in terms of code, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I've been looking at trying to simplify like the full event sourcing CQRS setup to just what would it look like just to do CQRS and, with events. And it's you have to have some sort of mechanism to store the events anyway. Because if you're if you're working with read models as projections, I don't know how you would do it otherwise. Because you'd lose I mean, you could do some sort of thing where you know, maybe you can take a snapshot of an entity or an aggregate route and start that with your projection and then take the events from that point on. But there's so much room in there for events to be lost along the way, you know, between the time that you take the snapshot and, you know, events are coming in that whole time, uh, potentially. I don't know. I, I've, I've been trying to figure out how one would really do, like, basically build the, the uh, stable read model system without having some sort of storage for the events so that you could replay them. And if you don't have that, then I don't know how you would risk doing the read models in that case. Well, it's no more a risk than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just a risk that you can't rebuild them if you want those read models to be completely different. You know, mm-hmm. Instead of... You know, if if you need to change the read model, uh, with full event sourcing CQRS, if you need to change the read model, quite often you would change the read model and rebuild the projection, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, if you don't do any event sourcing stuff, you just back to the old way of doing it, where instead of rebuilding the projection, you'd migrate the projection. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to change the schema, you'd change the schema and you'd run some sort of update script that would update the existing data however it may be. Yeah, so so right, that makes sense. I guess that that wasn't the the question as much as what if the event just was lost? Mm. Like what what if the delivery of the event was lost? Uh, the, the database if the read model database was down at the time the event came in, that's lost forever. So yeah. how, so re- recovering from I, that. I mean, I guess you you could find a way to either manually go in and and, and update that read model or or something like that. So I, I know that there's ways around it. It just seems more error prone and difficult. Mm, but I, I, don't know. I think I think you've probably you've seen something that's not really there. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it is there, but okay. So what if your event storage is down? Mm-hmm. 
but I suppose if the event storage is down, then that state was never saved. So well, yeah, that, no- that's with with full. Mm-hmm. That's with full. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So with what, with what you're saying is that you know you still want to store the events so you can rebuild the projections or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you you already said that you're not doing event yeah. sourcing for the so you're storing the aggregates state. Then firing events, mm-hmm. in which case, if the event gets lost, then it could get lost on its way into storage, or it could get lost on its dispatch. It doesn't yeah. matter; it's still getting lost. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. with the full event sourcing, you definitely have that touch point of if the event doesn't get stored, it never happened. Mm-hmm. And because it does, and if it does get stored, then you have it there forever to rebuild your projections as you wish. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing event sourcing, then the event could get lost somewhere, and if it gets lost, it's getting lost. Yeah. And I guess, so what this comes back to is, I don't, un- I I feel like I need to do event sourcing <laughs> in those cases. Yeah. Because you're already, if you're well, already I mean, storing that information, you're, you're not buying much by not just doing full-out event sourcing. I, like if, no, if you, I mean, uh, so how I deal with this is that, um, Anything that listens to an event. So I have it set up so I have my command will run in a doctrine ORM transaction. Mm-hmm. Once that transaction is flushed to the database, then the events get fire dispatched. Now, if, and that gets dispatched in process to the listeners, if something went wrong there, yes, I would lose that event effect- effectively. Mm-hmm. So basically, I program defensively and all the listeners ever do is send commands to a queue, mm-hmm. a remote queue to be dealt with in a separate process with the failure handling that goes with having the you know uh, message queue mm-hmm. or should I say a durable message queue so if the, I mean I don't do projections but I mean it would be the same anyway so if, if I had if I had a particular read model that needed to be projected to on this event I would make that a command or some sort of way that can be do, dealt with in a distributed fashion so that if it does fail it fails in an isolation and it can also be logged, monitored, retried whatever that might be. That's how I do it. Uh, yeah. 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 So there's there's ways around it. Um, I mean there's definitely different ways to, to handle the problem. So um, it's just something that I've been thinking a lot uh, when I look at these things and I look at, you know, what would make the most sense to, to do for the project moving forward Yeah, for that, for whichever project it is and just how to work with these things in general. So, uh, something I uh, quickly wanted to, to mention, I saw, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Rebecca's phone, uh, she has a Nexus, uh, five. It was on the blink for a while and it just kept turning itself off just randomly. And then when you turn it back on, it said it like went in the normal startup sequence. Then it went through this optimizing apps thing, which is almost like uh, it's done like some sort of um, like when you've reflashed it, or, or when uh, an OS up, uh, an OS up update has happened. So I tried several things. Uh, it's out of warranty, so I can't just send it back. Uh, I tried several things. I tried safe mode, but that didn't help. Still crashed or turned off randomly uh, I tried factory reset that didn't help I tried I then tried uh, reflashing with the previous uh, point version so I went back from 
uh, Android 5.1 to 5.0 with Google's uh, factory images, which they have on the website, which is really cool. They're all there. And after doing all that and still having the same problem, um, I installed the Device Assist app and from the Google Play Store and requested that they call back. And what that does is when you request a callback, it sort of posts a bunch of information about the phone to their support desk with your phone number, and then they call you to discuss the problem. And it was one of the nicest support calls I've ever had because I'd pretty much gone through all the motions of all the things that they could possibly ask me to do, you know, in terms of trying safe mode, trying factory reset, try reflashing with the different OS or whatever. They said, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll just send you a new one. Uh, so despite it being out of warranty, uh, they sent us a refurbished model, uh, which looked brand new, uh, had twice the storage space of Rebecca's old phone. Uh, it was there within three or four days, and all I had to do was put the other one in a prepaid postage envelope, send it back to Google. Uh, I just thought it was really cool. Worth mentioning, you know, the fact that they're honouring the warranty outside of the warranty for something that probably is a problem, and a lot of people have, I imagine, is why they were quite happy to replace it. So that's really mm-hmm. cool. Nice. So, so was that actually so Google of, then? Yeah, that, that, was, that was Google. Because wow. uh, I bought the the phone, the handset directly from Google Play. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and do you know what? Um, I'm so jealous of Rebecca's phone. Um, I have a <laughs> I have a Sony Android phone. It's all right. It works fine. But the vanilla Android experience is so nice. It's such a shame that I love Android adoption in terms of how many companies put Android phones out, but it's such a shame that everybody feels like they have to put their own stamp on it. Um, you know, yeah. Samsung has TouchWiz, and is it TouchWiz? Something like that, which is their sort of layer over the top of the UI. And all the different manufacturers have their own tweaks and gimmicks, and stock Android is is lovely. Mm-hmm. compared to all of them i think uh, yeah it's a great experience uh and if anyone's out there i mean um if anyone's out there is sort of only ios device if you ever get around to actually playing with one of the google nexus devices they're they are really really good and they, they i'm sure they change most people's opinions of android if they ever got to play with them so um i had i had a nexus one and I got burned so bad by that. And I, I think it's awesome if the, the new Nexus devices are better. Uh, it sounds like they're living up to their promise. But the Nexus one was such a horrible experience for me. <laughs> I uh, mm. Both because it was Google and they had no support. Uh, so that's why I asked if that Google Play was, was Google. They had no support. You had to go to their complicated group systems and try to figure out how to ask the request the right way and hope a moderator would maybe see it. But there was no one you could call. There was nothing you could do about it. And they dropped support for it like six months later. So mm. it never got a newer version of Android than the one it shipped with. It was just oh, awful. Yeah. And it had, I, mean, I, I remember had, this. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, man. So that, that was my, my big Android experience. I was excited to try that. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's awesome that if, if, if it's gotten better and Google's gotten better at doing support and actually like working with this with working with people and um, actually if the hardware is actually better now too, so that's cool. Oh yeah, well I mean I the the hardware is usually comparable with the Apple hardware. I think mm-hmm. uh, 
especially the, the newer ones. Because, I mean, the Nexus 5, they actually sort of went into undercut a lot of the manufacturers. So they actually produced really good hardware, but it was actually really cheap. Um, but the mm-hmm. Nexus 6, they actually went in sort of in line to compete with this top-of-the-line Samsung phones, the top of, obviously the iPhone. Uh, so it's a bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the hardware is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I generally i am not anti-Apple. I have a, a MacBook uh, though I probably won't buy one again, um, and I'm probably going to install Ubuntu on it at some point, or <laughs> Arch Linux because I don't like macOS. Um, I did have an iPhone for a while, quite liked it, uh, but I'm happy with Android uh, generally. I don't like the walled garden of Apple. Uh, I don't like the fanboy sort of thing a lot of people have. It just irritates me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. You can always tell a fanboy because they don't talk about any negative experiences on iOS. Like there is, it, people just gloss over it when uh, people have problems with Apple devices or Apple software all the time. People can mm-hmm. a lot of people just gloss over that fact and talk about the all the positive things. Uh, and I don't yeah. get that. I mean, just an, as an, a really silly example, I've got a. So I've had this MacBook Pro a couple of years now, but it was top of the line. I spent a lot of money on it and. I'm not kidding you. Sometimes I look at it and think, "Is I, I just can't believe this is supposed to be, you know, a modern computer in terms of the <laughs> the, the the responsiveness and and sometimes mm. the software is so gimmicky in to my mind as well. Like like when I even when I power the, the Mac my Mac on, sometimes it's like it brings up the login screen like it's there, ready, instant, ready. You know, like it's you touch the button and it's on. But then it's actually about 20 seconds before I can actually type anything and log in. And I don't know yeah. if it's that, that's my MacBook or is that just a, is that that happens with all of them? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, it's be- yeah, it's really nice that you made the login screen appear instantly. Mm-hmm. But it's no use to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I haven't considered putting Linux on my MacBook before, but. That might be kind of a nice option at some point to, I, I, I usually like my hardware. I've, I've, I, I have had problems with them in the past, but this one has been pretty decent so far. And I, I just remember the last few years that I was using PCs that even the top of the line laptops that I'd been getting just felt so, basically they felt like what you, you're saying your MacBook Pro feels like. Yeah. Um, like every time I turned it on, it seemed like it took longer to turn on. And, you know, even reformatting it never helps. And that just seems like that's always been my experience with PCs. Is yeah. That they, oh, they have a really short shelf life. And I'm all not, of, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that doesn't happen with PCs at all. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is, I, most PC users would openly admit that's what happens with PCs. Whereas most yeah. Mac users would just go and rabbit in your ear about how <laughs> amazing they are. Yeah. Rather than moaning. I mean, maybe I just moan, but, uh, and the fans, it gets ridiculously hot. Um, I mean, um, well, I think last time we were recording, the, the fans started up on my MacBook, which and, and all we're doing, all I'm doing is talking to you on Hangouts, and and it gets really hot. Mine, I don't know what yours is like. Does yours get really hot? Um, yeah, it does. If I. Well, actually, I don't touch it very often, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I notice when I when I have had it actually on my lap, it does get hot. And frozen again. Yeah, I don't know if it's me or you, but 
Well, we yeah. could try and wrap it up. Is there anything else you really wanted to get into? Um, no, I think I think that was that was probably it. There's a couple of other things, but I'll just put them off onto other episodes. I basically have a backlog that what I don't get talked about this time, I put it in the backlog until I don't want to talk about it anymore, or, yeah, until, we, uh, or until we talk about it. So I get that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only things I've got on my list were Star Wars trading cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, ridiculously addictive. I'm, well, have you seen them? The no. the trading card app? No, I heard about it, and I think I've heard you talking about it, but no, I haven't yeah. played with it yet. I, I, I found it to be that kind of thing, you know, you know, you always end up having had something on your phone where mm-hmm. it's the thing you just go to when you've got like 30 seconds to, yep. to spare. Mm-hmm. I found myself on that, and it's like, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I've been really, I've been, I've had good resolve in that I've not gone and spent money on the fake money uh, <laughs> yeah. to buy Yet. cards. Uh, <laughs> but you get 20, like you get 25,000 credits to spend every day. So uh, it's kind of, it's it's terribly uh, childish, mm. but uh, it is kind of fun. Nice. Do you get those credits even if you don't log in? No, you have to log in every day to get those credits and you get double on if you log in seven days on a truck interesting that was the i think that was the thing about eve that i liked that you got credit you got training credit even if you weren't logged in Mm. so you could if you had a skill that was going to take a month to learn you could just not log in for a month if you didn't want to and you'd come back and you could you could get that skill at least i'm pretty sure that you it was like a continuous thing in the background that was always training yeah yeah but yeah, I don't know. I, I try not to get too into those kinds of games, but every once in a while, I'll I'll find something where I'll start playing it and I'll be like, I just wasted like fifteen minutes of my time to this silly little thing that means absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. Some sometimes it's nice though if it's a if it brings you a little bit of uh, de-stressing. So. Yeah. Well, really, I should be playing on uh, Dragon Box to make sure I stay ahead of Eevee. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, because uh, I yeah. could certainly do with uh, brushing up on my math skills, especially yeah. with. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe not now, but when Evie gets to uh, secondary school or high school, as you call it, um, and you know, I want to be able to help with the homework, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a few things that are, I'm a bit rusty on. So. Yeah. Cool. So, nice. well, we, uh, so we talked gonna... about. Yeah, we we talked about kind of trying to keep this one a little shorter to see if we could get to a, a 90 minute hard limit. I don't yeah. think we succeeded, but I think uh, we came I think close. We have. I think we have with <laughs> have the we? Uh, with the cuts, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like I need Dragon Box or Dragon App or yeah, Dragon Box too. <laughs> <laughs> Start my adding a little better. Um but yeah, so I I think we can probably uh, call this one a wrap and see if we can uh meet again sometime after your vacation. Yeah, cool man. Smoke me a cup or I'll be back for breakfast. Nice, cool. Uh, our next recording might be when I'm in uh, North Dakota then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, well, let's call it a wrap. You've been listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. 
Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O. 